Welcome to the English Florist Podcast. In this episode, Linz talks to New York City florist Kim Kashugian, recognized four times as an Emmy Awarded contributor for set decoration on Saturday Night Live. Between shows, she works as an event florist. And let's join Linz as she puts in a call to Kim. The great thing about the English Florist podcast for me is that there's no structure to what I'm going to talk about and when I'm going to talk about it. I kind of run from one episode to the next and they just bounce around the subjects, the topics, the things that kind of really fascinate me, the people that I bump into who I end up talking to. I'm kind of I, I bump into people and I say, you must come on the podcast. And But I never quite know when we're going to manage to get together. So if you're one of those people, I am coming back to you, I promise. But this week's guest um, was not able, unfortunately, to join me in Penwood or walk Maple on Greenham Common because she lives in New Jersey. In fact, I think as I speak, she's in her studio in New York. I had a, an email from a TV producer called Mary Pamilla who wanted to introduce me to somebody that she manages called Kim Kashugian. And um, Kim is a florist and her company is called Mac and the Mushroom. Well, I just thought it was a completely cool name to start with. So I've done a bit of stalking and I've looked her up and I thought, what a great guest to have on the podcast. Um, so I'm about to connect to Zoom. Um, it's so, as I say, there's no maple today. There's no stick throwing. There's no crunching in welly boots. There's no weather. It's just a little quiet Friday night. It's five o'clock here, but I know it's midday over in New York City. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Mac and the Mushroom, Kim Kashugian, Emmy Award winning Saturday Night Live florist. Here we go. Let's roll. Thank you for having me. Um, this is a lot of fun. I know we're miles and miles away, but it's nice to always connect with other florists, whether they're in the state or the country and just hear about their journeys and, Absolutely. and connect with other people. We have so much in common. And whereabouts are you? Where's your studio based? So my studio is in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is just across the river from New York City. Yeah. I live in Jersey City, but my studio is in, in Hoboken, where I used to live. And it's really very, quite lovely here. And I have a nice space. So. And do you, go, do you go into the studio every day or do you, or you work from home at all? Or how does it work for you? Well, I also work at Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And so those days I have like a flower room yeah. at the stage where we work. So it depends on the week. So if there are flowers that I want to get in New York City, then I'll drive to the city and I come back to my studio here yeah. in New Jersey and I'll process the flowers. And then I keep watch of them for a day. And we start on Thursdays. We yeah. film on Fridays. So I will process the flowers here in the studio and then I bring them back to Manhattan. So they make a little bit of a trip back and forth. Uh, there are also wholesalers in New Jersey. Yeah. So if they have uh, the flowers that I want at the wholesalers in New Jersey, then I'll do the wholesale shopping there. Yeah. Again, I can come into my studio, process them, and then sometimes I'll bring them back to my apartment building, leave yeah. them uh, the garage is pretty cool so we we leave them in there what dictates the flowers so you know for example this week what's the who's coming on and and how do you draw your inspiration how does it work so i work for the pre-taped film unit so not necessarily the live show as everyone yeah. knows yeah the saturday night live 
we do the fake commercials and the fake music videos and things of that nature. And they intersperse them throughout the show when they're changing the scenery for the live show. So our videos fill in the space for that. We shoot on Fridays. Yeah. So we start on Wednesday night, we get a script. Thursday, we have just that day really to prep and um, do all the set decorations and build the scenery and, and get it all ready. And then Friday, we do the shooting. So we have all dressing rooms, green rooms, and the host rooms where they wait before they come to our shoot. Yeah. So I do uh, flowers for all of them and then for the producers. It's roughly 20 arrangements per week. And it's pretty loose as far as design. I can do what I want. I have a few vessels that I rotate through yeah. and just reusing them. So depending on what's in season, I'll, I'll just grab what I like. And then I'll, I'll see who the host is. So this week it's Woody Harrelson. And he's a lot of fun. So I'll probably do something fun. I, I yeah. don't know yet. Yeah. So it, uh, I, I get inspiration by looking at their Google page. I'll, yeah. I'll stalk them a little bit and check out their <laughs> images. Sometimes, uh, like somebody like Lizzo, if she's on, I'll see where her photographs roam. And she seems to like a lot of warmer colors, pinks, yeah. burgundies. And so I'll go with that. And yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll see what catches me from that person or if they're working on a new movie something maybe that's inspired from that movie yeah. if someone's doing spider-man maybe i'll throw in a little bit of you know little spider web looking thing yeah. or you know just little touches but yeah i i'm pretty much able to to choose whatever i want which is great so and how did you learn the just, job it sounds like such an amazing creative job and, and quite glamorous yeah. i might be so bold as saying <laughs> It sounds glamorous. <laughs> but it, it never is. I know. The reality glamorous. is it never is, is it? <laughs> right. I mean, you know what it's like washing buckets and, yeah, you know, it's just absolutely. muck. That sounds glamorous just the same way being a set decorator does. Um, so we, I started out in television commercials and I, I did that for a while. And a friend of mine was working on the live show and they, they were doing more and more of these digital videos and pre-tape units and, they, they needed to have uh, some outside vendors come in and, and outside, um, t you know, crew members. Yeah. So I did it for, for a number of shows just as a freelance person. And then one year they said, OK, you know, this is becoming a lot. Would you want to come on with us for the, the whole season? And I was like, wow, wow, that's like a big commitment. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried it out for a season and I really liked it. And. Then it just evolved into another, um, it just grew a little bit bigger and then we needed another designer and my husband is actually a production designer as well. So he joined my team and so we have our own pre-tape unit and there yeah. are three film units. It's quite a lot of filming that goes on before the live show even airs. So It sounds yeah, like it, it's, it's almost a full-time job in itself. I'm surprised you have time to do anything else really. Well, it's it's only three days so okay. it's it's quite a lot of content jam-packed yeah. together so it's a condensed version of a tv series but we do uh, 21 episodes throughout the year and we do get breaks in between yeah. so typically we'll work three weeks in a row and then have a week off or two weeks off in between and it follows a school schedule right here which is really nice so 
the holidays, we are free to, to, to spend with our families. Yeah, so what's nice is when I, I'm prepping the for the the skit or whatever for that week, then once I'm done prepping for the day, and if I have, you know, a few moments and there's a break and we're waiting sometimes for scenery and trucks to bring rental furniture and things in, and then I can just go up to the flower room and I'll get some things prepped and then I go back to, you know, I go yeah. just go back and forth. And so by the end of Thursday, there's usually 20 arrangements ready and then oh my they come and take them and put them in their rooms. And so that's kind of fun. So they go into their room. So the, the actual guests have them in their rooms when they're getting ready and everything. And can they take them away that's with right. them? And can they just they can just take them at the end of the day do they take them home with them no because we recycle our yeah. vases they're welcome to take yeah. the flowers but yeah. we we try to reuse all of our vessels so typically they don't yeah. i don't know i mean i guess they could nobody's <laughs> ever asked but usually they're they're still there when I, I go back the next week and have to clean the rooms up so and this is something that just came about during the pandemic because normally we would go on location and we would shoot if we went to a grocery store, we actually would find a grocery store. And if we went to a restaurant, we would find a restaurant. And then when the pandemic hit, we were very limited as to where we could shoot. And we all needed to be tested and everyone had yeah. to be distanced. And so we created this world. And our executive producer, Dina Moles, said, you know, we got to make this great. We got to make everyone safe. We have to make everyone, you know, feel okay yeah. that we're here we made we took a warehouse and we made it into a, a stage in just a few months and then so they made separate dressing rooms so each cast member could have their own space and be a way to take their mask off and yeah. take their shields off and everything else and just be able to relax for a minute and so she came up with the idea like let's just give put flowers in there too like yeah. let's just make it nice yeah. let's like get it really decorated beautifully and make it a nice safe comfortable space and so we took that with us to our next stage so oh my gosh it's so really good i need to pedal back here so so saturday night live used to be outside somewhere you'd go somewhere no, just the film unit just the, the film, film unit. unit right the film unit we would typically shoot um wherever wherever we could <laughs> yeah and then the pandemic changed that and is that a permanent thing do you think now or do you think you'll be going out and doing stuff again we want to go back out and do stuff <laughs> again now everyone's a little bit spoiled yeah. quite honestly with um yeah the magic of scenery and and we're all indoors yeah. and so the weather issue that's involved and just it, it, getting around New York City, there's there's not a lot of space, and so parking is sometimes an issue, yeah. and loading our equipment in and out of places takes time, and we have a, a great space that we've been using for the past two seasons, and so we never know. Oh we never gosh. know where we're going to be the next season, but... This is our third season doing stages. So tell me, did set design come before the floristry? Was the floristry the first thing? No, I went to I went to um, university for set design, and um, I, I did work for a bit as a off Broadway or off 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 yeah, off Broadway, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't click. It did, I didn't love it, and so then I moved to California, and I thought, oh, let me just try the film business, and. And I did. I, I went out there and I, I was a production assistant yeah. and I, I learned how to get into the film business. And then I moved back to New York City and worked on television commercials for, for a while until until over at Saturday Night Live. And I still do. I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I do movies. I help out some friends and yeah. other decorators. Just like the florist, you know, you shop for each other. Yeah, or yeah for absolutely. Each other. Yeah, so the set decoration has been my main gig. <laughs> 
for for most of the time. And about five years ago, I was working on a movie with a friend of mine, and she said, "Oh, gee, I, I, we still have to do a couple flower arrangements for this set." And it was for Meryl Streep. We were working oh on the gosh. movie to pose. And she said, oh, I don't feel like, do, do you want to do it? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I'd love to do the flowers. And she said, well, why don't you just do the flowers? And I was like, I don't know, what do you mean? And she said, just just do flowers for the film business. Like, why aren't you just doing flowers? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not just doing flowers. So um, I went and, did, you know, I, I had done floristry a little bit when I was in high school. I, that was my seasonal job, and I loved it. We all loved it. It was, it was amazing. And it was just so fun, and we were taught how to do basics, boutonnieres, yeah. and so you actually worked in a shop. It yeah, is, just is. just part time for different holidays, at Christmas, Thanksgiving, and sometimes during prom season, I would help do corsages, and, and then that was just a couple years, and I, I didn't know that there was a career no. that I could do, and I thought there was just flower shops and that was it I didn't realize there was a world of events and no. fashion and artistry and any of that I never I never really looked into it it's I funny how you just stumble upon I... these things isn't it you don't you don't realize yeah. I didn't think either when I became a florist I didn't realize there was this whole world of like you say events and weddings I just thought florists came in shops basically you went into the store and you bought flowers and you ordered your wedding flowers or whatever through the shop but I know you can do that but I didn't realize there's this whole entity of actual event floristry that happened which you know there are obviously you're doing a version of event floristry which you know it sounds incredible so when you're not so you're three days a week doing saturday night live and then what do you do what happens in the rest of the week for you it depends on the, on the it's mostly it's about four days because i yeah. do a, a day of prep with the with the flowers but we kind of recuperate and yeah. <laughs> clean up and get ready yeah. for the next one. And uh, we also have uh, a house in Vermont, so we, we love to ski. So we go there. We have dogs. We go hiking oh with gosh. the dogs. It allows me to take jobs in between. So we're off all summer, which is great for wedding season. And I'm able to do weddings or parties or events or anything else that yeah. I feel like in between. So if I feel like there's the project is right, then I'll, yeah. I'll take it if there's enough prep time, you know, to accommodate. And so I can do that. I can work on more commercials and I mean do those how do those things come along because I've just literally come turned off my laptop to I've been doing quotes for like 2024 and I'm fitting in right you know bookings for 2023 it's a little scary I know but I mean are yours much more short notice do you just get people who find you and say I'm getting married in three months time are you available to do my flowers I do have some of that uh I have a small network of friends and other florists that live locally and we get together and we have coffee and you know yeah bad about things and so I will get the occasional recommendation from them for a last minute thing which I love I would prefer to do everything last minute because yeah. that's my pace that's what yeah. I'm used to um, but I have done some quotes already for 2024 and it's a little bit I know oh my god me in 2024 that seems so far away but you know people are planning their weddings now further in the future and 
it's flattering to be called for, yeah. something. you know, somebody wants you that far in advance. They want to make sure that they're going to get you. That's really great. But it's hard to price. Oh, my gosh. So, so right. Yeah. I mean, are the flowers expensive in, in um, New York? Because over here, it's just a nightmare. I'm trying to kind of gauge where to pitch my prices so that when it comes to, I mean, the one I've just done is for April next year. And I just, oh, you know, you, you sort of, you put your prices up a little bit just to kind of cover the, the inevitable increase. But it's just so stressful because people pin you down. It's like you've quoted that much money. I can't really go above what I'm saying it's going to be. I asked them to give me a ballpark and then we have mm. to just check in six months out. Yeah. And then another three months. Yeah. Because after the pandemic, there has been such shortages and things that were crazy, like a a $2 bud vase is now seven or eight. Yeah. I mean, this is like nuts. So you don't know where the prices are going to shift. And, you know, I'm very honest with people. Yeah. I'm not trying, you know, if you look at any of the florists, we don't drive around in Maseratis. No, we exactly. don't have mansions. No, and, you know, sadly like, not. We're not stealing <laughs> from you. Be fine. Everybody thinks we're, we're like living the life of luxury. But I'm like, look, no. you know, Obviously, this is a business, but there's a lot involved in the business side of it. You know, we pay taxes in our studio yeah, space and exactly. you know, just all the time. I think that people don't understand how much time mentally goes into it. Just I, I think you're so right. You're, you're so right. It's the same the world over. It's the same old issues trying to explain to people yeah. that A, flowers are expensive. And I, I've just updated. I have a little like cover letter that I put um, out. So if somebody makes an inquiry... I have like a minimum spend just to kind of so I can maintain the sort the standard of flowers that I normally do. And uh, I've just updated it today, actually, just explaining. I almost did. I did it like an analogy. I said, you know, it's like buying a meal. You can go into McDonald's and buy a happy meal. It's it's a meal. But you know what? I'm more of the fine dining end of things. So it costs a bit more. It's like, you know, a chef who's trained, who takes his carefully chosen ingredients and cooks them into a beautiful meal. And that's where I'm at with my flowers and so you know it's a different price point and I also kind of factored in the fact that a lot of brides say things like oh I want lots of greenery as if it's going to really cheapen and, and bring the cost down so I also updated and by the way you know greenery is grown and cultivated and sold in the same way as flowers so therefore more greenery doesn't mean less money it's it's you know it costs right. we still have to buy it in it still has to be grown and cut and and looked after and etc uh, etc et so sort of trying to explain to people how it works and and to almost ask them because i, I guess ultimately they don't uh, new couples who are getting married often don't think about the cost of flowers they just can't imagine when you go it's going to cost this much money how much how can that be but like you say it's it's your overheads it's the time you spend coming up with the ideas the the getting in the flowers you know and then the sort of conditioning delivering setting up etc when you actually break it all down that's how you get your price point but on the other hand why should they understand that it's often if they when people get married that it's the first time they've come across having to buy flowers on such in such quantities so it's, it's a it's a difficult one because i i want to go oh for goodness sake of course it costs that much money but why would they know so i, I try and break them in gently when they reach out and say we'd like you to do our flowers it's like okay that's great i'm free on this date this is how i work this is this is where we're looking for prices this is kind of if you want to book me these are where we're going so is it like that as well for you yeah absolutely and i think there's a variable too that people don't 
take into account that we're going to get a bunch of flowers and it's not the same as your chicken cutlet. All the chicken yeah. cutlets come in, they're all the same, yeah. right? Maybe this one's a little bit different than the rest, but you know, you can get a bunch of tulips one day and they're this way and we yeah. get the same grower the next day and it's, it's a, they're falling apart. The heads came off, they yeah. may have, you know, they were in a truck too long. Like it's tricky, it's science. And there's all these variables with wind and heat and rain and snow. And, yeah. you know, it, it's like magic that yeah. they even get show up. Like I know, thing, you know? I know. You know, I, I, I try and let them know how much goes into the front end before they even see a flower. And and how much time that we spend, 70% maybe before we even touch flowers. Yeah. And, you know, people think, oh, yeah. you're just playing with flowers. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. They think, you know, you just magic it out of somewhere. It's something they arrive. And, yeah, you've had to sit for hours planning that, organizing that, getting them in, making sure they're the right color, That's the right. right size, the right stem length. <laughs> sure. And, and and I think you may have this at some of your grocery stores or, yeah. or markets where they have inexpensive flowers. Hours. They have a, a you know stores here where they just have bundles and bundles and and that's they take a they don't make money exactly. on the flowers yes. that are in yeah. their store. They just that's a lovely thing yes, a for their leader. customers. Yeah. And so I think people don't understand that as well. And also those flowers last three days, maybe two exactly, three days. exactly, and, and they're clean and everything. And so it's like, well, here here's a bunch of roses. Like you take the thorns off. Yeah, you know that's a, that's a lot of work. So it's difficult, but I, I think people are reasonable when you break it down. And yeah, and I, it all comes down to personality. Some, somebody's going to like me for who I am and then we'll be able to get along and I'm not trying to rip them off, you know. And, exactly. And so, you know, it's up to you. I mean, I'm not the typical florist for everybody. I don't really do the tight bunches and and I'm not really like into just greenery yeah. and, a, and a eucalyptus. So if you're coming to me, you're looking for something that's a little bit more designed to begin with. So I think those people maybe are looking to elevate their event yeah. to start. So absolutely, I think they are aware that it might cost a few dollars more yeah. than something they're going to go to Well, store. absolutely. And, and that's the thing. We kind of have to set our stall out, don't we? And, and reach out to the customers that work for us, really. So absolutely. Um, I'm going to look at my list because I had loads of... So why Mac and the Mushroom? It's such a cool name, but there's not even a, there's not even oh. a waft of flower about Mac and the Mushroom. <laughs> but I love it. I wanted to start this business and picking a name is really, really difficult because... A lot of names that you come up with have already been taken and not just in your area on the web. So you have yeah. to think about you need social yeah. media, you need, you know, all of these web based names to, to all come together. So you have to find that there's nothing on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. Yeah. you know, all Pinterest, all across the board, you need your name to be not taken exactly so anything i came up with I was like no no of course somebody said of course you know so this is why a lot of people use their names and it makes sense or your initials and so my name was just it, it didn't ring with anything and we just talked about it for months anybody who was around they had to listen to me go on about names and what did they think and it was just always a topic of discussion and my um sister-in-law was over and we were just talking about things and and i was showing her some photographs and i said oh look at this picture of mac and the mushroom and mac was my jack russell that was the love of my life and 
at the time he was still alive and it was this gorgeous picture of Mac and he looks like he's sniffing this mushroom <laughs> and it must have been this big and it was a, at the bottom of an oak tree, this big yeah. orange, just happy, healthy mushroom. And it would grow every so often, like every few years it would come out. And she said, that's a good name. Why not that? And yeah. I said, you mean Mac and the Mushroom? She goes, yeah, you know what? I kind of love it. I love Mac. <laughs> I love just earthy things yeah. and finding things in nature to put in my designs and foraging and all of that. So we sat on it for a minute and then it just stuck. It was like, yeah, we like this. We love, you know, and Mac will always be with me. And so I figured, you know, this will be great. I know I knew at the time he was going to be with me forever, but it's cool. yeah, and his spirit is just so <laughs> such a part of me and and who I am. And so, but it's such a, it's it is such cool. a great name because it does make you go, oh, that's she's a florist, but Mac and the Mushroom, you know. But it is it's it's a fun, friendly. It's a really lovely name, and I think oh, thank you. It, they can be quite I don't know a bit niche or a bit sometimes dare I say for fear of offending people but they can be a bit naff as well I know when I chose mine it was gosh it was about 20 odd 23 years ago 22 years ago I think and uh, I just I just didn't know and I guess for me I lived in a place in in Wiltshire in in sort of in the shires of England shall we say and I lived not far from I used to walk my dog on the Vale of Pusey and there's this big chalk horse carved out on the hill so I kind of like the idea and I'm I love riding I love horses and um and I love dogs and I I sort of was racking my brain and at the same time there was this company called the white company um which was quite smart they kind of sold a lot of white products white linen white crockery white uh, all sorts of white things for the home and for clothes and what have you and I kind of it had it was quite it was quite minimal and stylish so I liked the white company and so I kind of, I'd, I sort of, I, I was drawn to the, the sort of simplicity of it all. And then I don't know quite how, but I ended up being the White Horse Flower Company. I just liked yeah. the, I liked the, the and the company and the, the white horse bit just happened to be, I've never ridden a white horse. And, um, but the, I just kept thinking, well, you know, I live in Wiltshire and there's this, ho- this, this horse on the hill. Um, and, but actually when my husband did the logo, we actually chose one. There's another horse in Oxfordshire called the Uffington horse, which is much more famous. And he said, oh, that one made a really nice logo. So when the, he was doing my branding, we just stuck with the white horse of Uffington. Um, but actually it's weird how you can draw all sorts of things people say why why white horse and I was well I come I hail from Kent which is another area of England which um, has a prancing horse as its logo on the for the county Um, I ride horses and I've lived in you know obviously these counties with horses carved out very ancient I know very British um, in the hills so I just thought okay that'll do it's got nothing to do with flowers there's just flowers in it but you know that's it there's there's no there's no more tweeness to it and it's sort of stuck and I remember moving house 20 years ago and people saying are you going to change your name I was like well no I'm just I'm still me I'm still doing the same thing so yeah (laughs) what's in the name what's in the name (laughs) right but then you people start to associate you with it and then you just become one yeah and do you yeah I I use mushrooms in, in some of my designs too. And do people ever say, are you Mac? Do they not, you know, I, oh, sorry, you know, you're Kim, yeah, but yeah, are been, you Mac? I've been called Mac. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, when I, before there was 
a little bit more room to put anything in your yeah. profile, let's say on Instagram. Most people reach out through Instagram. Yeah. It's very popular here. And that's a lot of the platform happens there. And so I learned pretty quickly to put my real name. Yeah. <laughs> so people don't associate you uh, yeah, as Mac, but people, yeah, a couple of times I was called <laughs> I think Mac people call a... me because uh, on Instagram, I'm at the White Horse Flower. And so I teach florists and they they often come to the house for one-to-ones and then they'll stand there. My husband was chuckling the other day because somebody said, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here at the White Horse Flower. And I, and I sort of looked and I went, no, I'm Linz. <laughs> you know, like you have to kind of almost, <laughs> we have to decompress now. I'm just an ordinary human being, just like you. This is my house. This is my life. I'm just, I swear and stuff goes wrong just like everybody else I'm not this kind of perfect little square on Instagram I'm actually a real person that stuff happens to just like you so yeah god what's in a name yeah <laughs> I think it's I think it's fun to, to put some of your mishaps on Instagram too I think it, it, people like to associate with yeah. you being real yeah and I think people really respond when you talk to them at the screen whether you're yeah. ranting or just yeah. telling them about something People really like, you know, they want to know what's going on. So I do a I lot do. of behind the scenes. Studies. So I think people don't realize how, you know, what goes on in our, in our filming in those imagine. couple of days. And actually I meant to send you, I don't know if I sent you, I'll send you the link on YouTube. They did a, three years ago, they did a behind the scenes of our behind the scenes. Oh my God. And so it breaks down it. it it's only like a 12 minute video, but it, it's very informative as to what goes on. Um, at least back when we we did locations now it's very similar but it's it's all in-house i think behind the scenes really show people what it's all about i love i love that whole process of kind of getting the flowers in and people kind of seeing the gradual build-up of of something happening and the time you know it'd be great to do a time lapse really wouldn't it of just you know uh, what we don't ever do is quantify the time that we spend thinking about a job you know all the stuff that actually goes on in our head how many hours i don't know about you but the hours i spend lying in bed working out the mechanics of stuff the mechanics and the math yeah the math it's like oh what am i gonna if i have two bunches of lisianthus then i can split that into how many stems you know how many do i know and so i'll do um i do uh recipes like i'll take a photograph of what i want the end product to be and then i break it down with my recipes that way and then i do like a whole you know yeah series of them when, it, when I have to do events. But I also don't like to do the same no. centerpiece for every table. So I always encourage my clients to mix it up a bit. You know, people are coming over to other people's tables and they want to check it out. And what do you have at your table? Oh, yes. Do you yeah. know what? That's really um, refreshing because I do that too. I think mostly because I work on my, when I started out, I worked entirely on my own. And so I'd have my cohort of flowers in to do, I don't know, 10 table arrangements. And just the thought of repeating the same thing 10 times nearly kill me stone dead. So I thought, blow this for a game of cards. I'm just going to mix it up. And so I often, I, you know, my, my florist that work with me and um, when I'm doing a wedding know this now completely. And they know that that's how I roll. Um, but I have had florists come into the studio and I say, okay, so there are all your flowers. You've got this many table centers to do. So, you know, I need you to put eight roses in, but you know, there are 80 roses there, but there'll be like four different varieties. Just mix them up. And they're like, 
what do you mean well when i get mine in i kind of count the stems and each bucket has the same stem count same combination so that every single one is the same do you not do that lens and i'm like no (laughs) never have done just use whatever you want make sure it all gets used i don't have a shop so you know it all needs to go and for me that's part of my creativity so that as you say when they yeah. when you look across a, you know a room and you've got 10 15 20 tables you've got the same recipe well you've got the same ingredients but in different recipes and i just think it just right. softens it and naturalizes it doesn't it? it looks really beautiful i thought i was the only it person does. that did that well there you go <laughs> Yeah, and I like to do that with the with the, the girls' bouquets yes. as well because somebody's personality might fit another one and I let them pick out whatever one they want. Exactly. And, you know, it's fun to let them choose and somebody might like one colour more than another. Yeah. And I, I completely agree because... All of the bridesmaids, they may well be, often these days they're not in the same dress, but they may well be in the same colour or the same design in a different shade. And it's really nice to have a slightly different bouquet, as you say, one slightly taller, maybe a little shorter or whatever, so that there's there's one size or there's one bouquet for every bride bridesmaid there. And they can just gravitate, like you say, to the one that they love. But they're all within that same kind of colourway and varieties and what have you. I'm I'm exactly the same. The, the, the thought of repetition just kills me stone dead <laughs> yeah same i think that's that's why I, I never really thought that i could do the floristry like shop because yeah. i felt as though there's not enough variety it's the same okay now it's valentine's day okay yeah. now it's easter now it's mother's day i you know it's yeah. the same which is nice but i it didn't it didn't draw me in no me neither i I was trained by a woman who was well. She was a, she was trained by a woman that was trained by Constance Spry, and so she's properly. Oh yes, I old heard. School. I heard that podcast. <laughs> she, was, she was lovely. She I was love, amazing. I like that talk a lot. She is absolutely. Yeah, I was nice. chatting to her this morning. She is amazing, but she she kind of taught me that whole kind of just go into the garden and gather that was the way she was from the day one I met her she'd just say go out when we she was teaching me to wire she'd say back in the day we would do lots more with more traditional just roses and and um, little ivy leaves and she'd say don't just buy don't just pick the, the plain green leaves I like the variegated ones and make sure they're all different and right from the very very beginning I had to go out and think about what I was choosing and why I was doing it because she just she was just she was amazing but yeah it's 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 fascinating how we all arrive and and I when I teach I often say to people you know it's it's such a personal thing being a florist people choose people um and they choose it's like being a, a painter we choose something because we gravitate towards that sort of style and so rather than me try and teach them exactly how I do it I sort of give them the wherewithal and almost like give them permission just to kind of break any rules you know oh all rules all bets are off just you know make it up as you go along and if there are little simple tricks along the way little things I can help them so that they can be more creative but I tend not to be prescriptive so you know if I'm teaching a workshop I will just let them choose the flowers that they want to choose rather than me measure the step, you know, that many stems because every single time is it's different. It needs to be different for everyone. So individuality rules the day in my world. So I'll ask. It's true. And it is fascinating to watch that you would think sometimes, oh, 
I don't know what this this person's going to do. And then they come up with something. You're like, oh, yeah, my goodness. Like, I know. And like then you're really like, oh, nice my God, I, I would never have done that. But it's gorgeous. Yeah, I love that. I love that kind of serendipity of another combination and, and never getting tired of it. Absolutely. Um, and do you use yeah. um, are there local growers that you can source from? I mean, where do most of your flowers come from? A lot of ours come from the, the flower markets in New York City and they source from the local growers. So the local growers will go drop all of their stuff. And so you are going through a third party typically, but they're all at the market. So there are a few vendors that specialize in more local than others. And some they have mostly Holland stuff. And then there's some that are tropicals, but everything is right there on 28th Street. And so it makes it easy to just kind of bop up and down. There's a couple of blocks in and around there. You can make, um, you know, relationships with with people. I don't do that much where I'm going every week to get flowers places. But there are uh, more and more growers. Even in New Jersey, there's great farmland. And also at my house in Vermont, I'm starting to meet some of the growers up there. And there are a few people right, um, I would say, like within an hour or so from me. And they offer... Uh, shares in the summer and so I've done that a couple times you just like show up and they give you a bucket and you know off you go and so you can get a seasonal share it's once a week or every other week and so that's been fun too to see how much they can actually grow in a cold climate so that yeah so that's fun but typically I I do the I would say, yeah, 80% of the time I'm going to the market. Absolutely. I like to see what's there too. Yeah. Because you might have in your head like, oh, I like that rose. And then you show up and there's Then there's none there, yeah. That's, well, that and, and also um, things are coming in now. It's like, uh, you know, like a quicksand rose. I would always get it. It's oh like gosh. that's got a sturdy stem yeah. that is beyond... You, you know, you, you can't do it. And now they're like, some are sturdy, some aren't. Yeah. You know, you can really yeah. watch... Um, where things are coming from and you know you just don't know the freshness or quality has been a little bit more inconsistent I would say since the pandemic you're right and I think sometimes in my experience is that flowers have a trend and they kind of everyone wants them like a quicksand rose it's ironic I'm hearing you say yeah. quicksand rose because I I just typed that in my quote a little while ago I try where possible not to I will find something that looks like a quicksand rose but I won't buy the quicksand rose sure. because mostly they're so flipping expensive. Um, and yeah, now they've gone crazy. Yeah. I mean, for a while they were like a great quality rose. It wasn't they were. that much. And now, yeah, they've, so where possible, yeah. I will go out of my way to find something. And very often, um, you know, the brides come with their Pinterest boards and they, they sort of show you a picture and, and the photographers put a filter. And so you actually, they say they want blush or something. And you're saying, well, that's more like a quicksand rose. But actually, I think it's, I think it's, you know, the rose, but it doesn't look yeah. quite right. So then you have to find a picture and say, do you want this rose? Oh, yeah, that's the color I want. Okay, fine. Right, I know what that is, that one. And then it's trying to find something right. that's similar but not exactly the one so I try where possible not to to use all the the flowers that everyone else is using it's for me part of my my pleasure and satisfaction is getting myself a deal (laughs) so it looks like the one and everyone messages you messages you on Instagram and says oh is that quick Sam Roselins and you're like nope (laughs) it was half the price (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nice when you get a deal. It doesn't happen as often as you'd want it to. No, rarely. um, Rarely at the moment. The cost of the flowers are just 
just horrendous really really shockingly high so trying as I say going back to that whole thing trying to um explain to, to clients that you know they might have well I always describe it as um beer champagne on beer money so they they want this luxury yeah. look they show you the Pinterest board of their dreams and then they've got literally a shoestring to pay for it and, and so before we get down that whole consultation and I'm sitting halfway through a zoom thinking they haven't got a penny to pay for this um and they're so excited and they're really I've looked at your you know your your Instagram and I've looked at your you know mood board and I love it and I can't wait to have you and you're just thinking you just this isn't going to happen on that on that you know budget so I, I sort of manage expectations as much as I can and so that I do actually get the clients that you know realistically can actually afford it and even then often they're like gulp you know when you send the quote how much and it's like okay we'll have a little look play around with it yeah that's like okay yeah you're like yeah i love those i'm always like whoa they just said yes (laughs) those are my favorite clients and then they usually add they're like can we double it? Yes. Like, yeah. Can we have? Yeah. So I was going to ask you, have you ever considered, um, do you, I'm sure you do consider the environment of environmental issues of, you know, the global warming and stuff. Do you get a lot of stuff to the flourish that they're really concerned about that around you? Is that an issue for you? Cause it really is yeah. over here. Well, most of the people that I'm in contact with don't use any foam. Yeah. They they usually come up with something else. I mean, it's very much a chicken wire town. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's in the chicken wire wall. You know, if you have a higher budget, I like those big, heavy, the, the pins. Yeah, um, me so too. So we don't use any foam here. I don't like to touch the foam. No. I think it's, it's just creepy and weird. And I've been trying that ocean pouch a little oh, bit yeah, which yeah. is a little bit better it's expensive but it, it's it's helpful yeah. I will say it, it definitely is but I try and use different things like I'll just take plastic jugs sometimes and fill them yeah. and you can put them on structures and there's so many ways we there's so many pieces of plastic I know just in which you can trash. just recycle and that recycle I do exactly That's the same right. That's exactly that's yeah. exactly what I do, and and for a long time because I because when I was trained, that's all we ever did was we just used floral foam and it was just the standard practice. And then it became a thing, you know. Do you know it's really bad? And I remember when I was training, I did one college course and I said, "Oh, what do you do with floral foam when you've used it?" And she said, "Oh, you just throw it in the skip, as in in the compost." And I remember probably as lo- not that long ago, maybe about a decade ago, speaking to somebody who said, "No, Linz, no, you can't put it in." The- it's not biodegradable. I had no, I genuinely had no idea. I'd been told by my college tutor, it was absolutely fine. It will crumble down to nothing. It crumbles down, but it never goes away for a thousand years or whatever it is. And that's the bit I I didn't realise. And for a long time, I just couldn't imagine being an event florist without floral foam. It was just completely unthinkable. And if anyone asked me, I'd be like, how ridiculous, you know, how absolutely stupid. What do you take me for? But I, it kind of was a slow burn, really. I, I had to get my head around it. And I thought, you know, sooner or later, once I realised and I read about it, I just thought I've, I've got to do something about this and, and make, the, make that transition. And I've got to go cold turkey, essentially. I've got to just do it and work it out. And so, like you, I'm the queen of bits of... Well, I mean, chicken wire is just... You just reuse it and reuse it. And even the moss that I use... I, I can use it for a whole season and then I just compost it. So it it seems like it works for me. And, and I freelanced for a friend about two years ago 
turned up and she was still using floral foam and said do you mind if I use it and I said well you know no I'm here working for you so it's absolutely fine no judgment on my part and actually I really didn't enjoy it it was horrible I find it hard to work with and you can't adjust your stem yeah. you know it with chicken wire actually if you want to take a stem in take yeah. it out trim it whatever yeah. you can and like once you've already stabbed the foam it's gooey and then exactly. it doesn't hold shape and, yeah. and it's expensive and, and I didn't work with it and there, there, there's, there are ways to, to do plenty of things with, and a lot of event stuff, you don't have to really have water source. If it's no. like baking in the hot sun, you know, you're going to have trouble anyway. Yeah. Water source. And I let people know that ahead of time, if it's going to be in the middle of August and it's yeah. outside and the yeah. blazing sun, like, let's not yeah. go with like, thing that's going to fall apart immediately if you look at it. Yeah. So. Just have to make those choices and use like a hardier, exactly. heavy stem or different leaf or something that's not going to collapse in the sun. And so, you know, again, if you have these honest conversations with people and, you know, show them, you know, you don't want your flowers to wilt and we don't want to have gooey, runny <laughs> yeah. stuff all over your event <laughs> space. So most people are fine with it. And there are a lot of, a lot of them you know mechanics that that work just as well if not better i agree so tell me um do you have a favorite flower i do i love poppies i the icelandic poppies yeah. are just like magic to me but i have a lot of trouble with them i'm always trying <laughs> to get them to do what i want them to do so but they're one of those flowers that if they're in the market i just get them whether me too. i need them or not that's yeah that's one for sure and we have um very seldomly do we see in our markets um the blushing bride the proteas yeah and i love them i love so whenever i see them i grab them as well just because i like to look at them it's funny isn't it how we Uh, all have soft spots i really i gravitate towards yeah most things that are pink i gravitate towards but those those two, I think because they're rare and you don't yeah. get, we don't get them a lot. When I do see them, I'm like, I have that. Yeah, I, I sometimes I, I used to have favorites, but I would find that I'd have a favorite. And then people would when I, I realized from my workshops that people would come and they'd say, well, when I see you've done an Instagram post, Linz, I zoom in and I see what you've got and I work out what, what I'm going to buy and I'm going to put in my flowers. So I realized that I was buying stuff. And then the next season, it was going up extraordinarily expensive. And I so now I'm like, oh, God, if I put that in there and it's new next year, I'm going to have to find something else. So I, I used to love Sanguisorba. It's a little tiny kind of raspberry coloured bud on a stem. And it sort of grows in the garden in the summer. Um, and I loved I love it. I still love it very much. But um, it's become so expensive. If I see it and I can afford it, I'll buy it. I'll put it in my trolley. But um, so these days it's... Um, Jewels of Opar. Do you know the one I mean? The Jewels of Opar. It's a very, very fine, delicate no, stem. stem. It's really, really pretty. So yeah, I've, that's my that's my new favourite. But uh, but at this time of year, I, I do that. love I do love a poppy too. I mean, why wouldn't you? They're just so cheerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you have yeah, a favourite season? Yeah, I love the snow. So like personally, I love the winter and. I do enjoy the greens in the winter, the yeah. evergreens. I don't tend to use a lot of greens in any of my work. I just prefer the just the blooms just, yeah. if possible. Um, but in the, the, I love the winter greens. I just they just work for All me. Those textures you can just fill much with them, and they're so hardy, and you know you just they last for months. Um, but obviously the summer 
you have so many flowers. I do think I think the the, the 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 flower heavy bouquet is of the moment at the, isn't it? I think less foliage yeah. and more flowerful it seems to be the way forward. I know I've just got a brief from a, a venue that I work at and that we have to do like a sort of showcase event and so they have this the the, the organizer sends you a Pinterest board of the colors and and there are, there's no greenery. She just said all flowers, no greenery and I thought, "Oh, cuz normally I'm I love a bit of I think I'm such I'm old school, so I was taught to kind of green up and then add the flowers and so just to put the yeah, flowers in seems so utterly decadent but it's beautiful and I think the thing with floristry is it's constantly evolving and changing and moving forward so you can't I, I love that I never tire of it I never feel like oh well I've, I'm, I'm done now this is it this is my thing it's like you have to keep moving forward to please your customers and yeah and just be challenged a little bit yeah absolutely and some of the flowers that you would think, okay, well, nobody wants to use them anymore. Now you don't have choices. People are starting to use mums and yeah. and lilies and bring yeah. things back. It's just like you can use them again. Oh, well, I, when I started, because I'm in my mid-50s now, and dahlias were really naff back in the day. They were like, oh, no. And Louise, the lady that yeah. trained me, she's in her 80s, and she was oh, I don't really know. I'm not really, oh, I don't think so. But everybody loves dahlias now i think erin at floret flower made them a thing Absolutely. didn't she, <laughs> she brought them back into, into she the sure as hell did yeah for sure i mean the amount of variety she has is insane i think she's actually been a huge um influence on all different kinds of varieties and she's done like amazing concoctions she's come up with like these flies like how she is they're incredible yeah. fantastic well do you know what it has been so lovely to meet you like albeit via zoom and it'll be really nice to just um to share your story and to um just share a little bit of an american florist on our on the english florist podcast and it's quite nice that we do actually have lots of similarities that things do overlap and i think I think the thing is the world is quite a small place these days. The fact that we can just phone dial up and here you are chatting to me and uh yeah, and the fact that Pinterest brings everything together is it's one is a level playing field when you've got Pinterest in the fray. <laughs> yeah. I haven't mastered it. I, I it very it, it confuses me, so I don't spend a lot of time on it, but I do appreciate it i know what you mean i i tend not to use it myself but i ask my brides to do if they want to do a mood board maybe they want to use pinterest it's a great place the trouble is there are always going to be the super favorite pictures that just come up every single time it's like oh not that old peach again <laughs> right 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 you got to dig a little deeper exactly exactly well listen what's what's happening for the rest of your day because it's it's about midday with you isn't it it's supper time here it is. It's midday. We um, we will have a little tidying up to do here in the studio. And my little lovely Australian Shepherd has not had a play date in a long time. We were in Vermont for the past 10 days doing some skiing oh and, and relaxing. And so my sister lives in Brooklyn. So I'm going to take her over to visit my sister and my niece's home from university for uh, the night or a couple of nights. So I'll get to see her for a minute. Amazing. So we'll do a little family stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, if I'm ever over in New nice. York, my youngest son is talking about a chef. Look me up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Angus wants to be a chef. He's been offered a job in New York, apparently. And um, I think he's toying with going out. So maybe if he goes gets a job, I'll, oh, I'll wow. call yeah. you up. <laughs> 
I've met people on Instagram that we're friendly now, you know, whatever. We have a little chat about, you know, something, you know, direct message, comment on somebody's flowers. And then they, I've met them and we have coffee and we go shop in the flower Amazing, district. amazing. Well, tell you what, yeah. if I'm if I'm out there, I'm coming out and I, I shall call Just you up and look me up. come and see. Yeah, I can do a bit of freelancing. Maybe I can come on set and uh, yes. try myself out. See how I go, whether I pass muster. <laughs> Lynn. Lindsay is back in two weeks, and if you'd like to have a question answered in the mailbag part of the show, write to Linz via Instagram at the White Horse Flower.